what up, what up? Welcome to another episode of After the Season with J.C. Ruffin. That'd be me. And uh, today is another special episode, just like every episode. But yeah. before we get into it, I uh, want to say thank you for watching. But make sure you do one thing for us. Subscribe. Then another thing that you can do to follow up, like, comment, and of course, Share this with somebody. You know there's plenty of athletes out here who have family members or people that are friends of yours that could use this episode. And I promise you, this one is going to be impactful just like every other one. So we appreciate your support in advance. Uh, but, yeah, it doesn't move unless you move with it, all right? So, yeah, push that button, all of them at this point, and uh, let's get into it. Uh, today, like any other day, uh, like I said, is a special episode. But this one right here... <laughs> Man, I feel like I got a lot of brothers, you feel me? Like, uh, but this one right here, really, uh, I got to see this play out in person, some of it. Uh, Delano Johnson, my yeah. goodness. So I know him as low, yeah. right, right? But Baltimore native, uh, you know, Bowie State alum, mm -hmm. um, CFL, NFL, uh, now Runners Run Club, yeah. you know. Yeah, that transition, baby. It's, it's, it's a lot happening. Uh, but before we get into it, man, uh, you know, first of all, thank you yeah. for being on. As soon as I hit you, you was like, let me know when. I'm ready. <laughs> like, today? Like, so, so that's a blessing for it. Uh, but let's, I want to start with, you know, the the athlete that you were and became, um, of course, didn't just happen, right? Mm -hmm. It developed over time. Did you always know you wanted to be a football player? Yeah, for sure. But before we even get into that, man, it's just an honor to be here. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think this is our second time touching base. Yeah. Um, man, you know, I watch you grow to this success. Like, <laughs> you, you watch me from going to the parties, ripping my shirt <laughs> off with the football team. You know what I mean? Down at Boy, we were some wild boys on campus. We're yes. going to get into it a little yeah, bit yeah, more. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, it's an honor to be here. Um, I'm riding in the car with my son and my lady all the time. And I'm mm -hmm. like, I know her. I know her. I know her. You know what I mean? I know you got your morning click thing yeah, going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too. So just to see you grow and be so successful, yeah. you know, when you give me the call, it's like, man, I'm on it. You know what I'm saying? Appreciate to be on that. your show. But, um, yeah, man, let's get into it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So did you always know you wanted to be a football player? For sure. Okay. Um, I'm lying. I wouldn't say for sure, right? Okay. Um, when I was younger, I had ambitions of being the next LeBron, right? Okay. And, um, Grew up here in Baltimore, um, terrible, terrible. I came out the gates terrible. I played at uh, Chick Webb, and believe it or not, um, one of my homeboys, he was actually bullying me in elementary school, Ashton wow. Tubman, right? Wow. True story, right? Come on, we went man. to um, Tess Tillman. It's up on Monument Street. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a hometown kid. Uh, and um, this kid, he was cracking jokes on me. We going back and forth in class. And then one day we outside of the classroom, like right on Miami and I think Patterson Park mm -hmm. for the Baltimore City people that's watching. Right, and right. Um, his dad taps me on the shoulder like, hey, man, you got some size to you. You want to play any ball? And I'm like, yeah, sure. I was just running around in the neighborhood yeah, riding yeah. dirt bikes and stuff like that. And I'm nine years old at the time. Mm -hmm. And um, he like, hey, you know, come down to Chick Webb. I'm like, man, I don't got no way down to Chick Webb. So yeah. he started coming to my house and picking me up. Okay. And um, I had the opportunity to play with Chick Webb. Believe it or not, I was cut when I was nine. So it's a traveling team. Wow. And it's the house league and rec ball, right? Okay. So I got cut from the traveling team, wind up making, you know, making a house league team. I was a strong rebounder and mm. I could foul like nobody else on the team, right? Well, okay. So, I, you know what I mean? Yeah, I was yeah, averaging yeah. like four to five fouls and like six to seven rebounds. Oh, so yeah. So you was using every last one of them. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but, um, like, I grew a passion for basketball. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I started hooping, training, and then um, I started getting tall. I getting a little bit more size to me. And then I wind up getting recruited. I don't know if I'm supposed to say this. At the time, they wasn't really recruiting athletes to go to high school. Well, I mean, right? you, it, it ain't going to matter now at this point. They, <laughs> they can't come back and get it. Right, right. <laughs> you know, they might cancel our championships. But oh, anyway, man. No, seriously. Yeah. Are we going to get into the yeah, Dunbar yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah, we yeah. take pride in where we yeah. at. But, um, you know, I wind up my whole starting fire from Chick Webb. We wind up going to play for Dunbar. Okay. Right? And um, I wanted to play varsity off the rip. But um, at Dunbar, you got to kind of earn your stripes. Okay. So... Wound up playing, uh, getting into my doing my thing at Dunbar, making JV. We went undefeated, but my dream again, my passion was basketball. Okay. I never played football. I never got a chance to put on all the way up to high school. You still haven't played football never. yet. Ninth grade, tenth grade, then eleventh grade. Coach Ben Eaton, rest in peace, man. He's one of the greatest, um, the coach in the city, right? Okay. Um, 
man, so he pulled me to the side, like, listen, dude, like, I don't know what you've been doing, but like I, like I said, like, I had a passion for mm-hmm. basketball, so while dudes was, like, kind of going to the hammer jacks yeah, and yeah. stuff like that, mm-hmm. I was sliding off doing push-ups and stuff like that at LA Fitness with and for my those pops. who don't know, hammer jacks was an old legendary yeah, yeah. club in Baltimore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for those, all right. of the, everybody around, <laughs> hammer jacks is not something else. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was crazy, like, I was in hammer jacks, too, but I mm-hmm. knew it was, like, even when we left hammer jacks, I knew I had to do my 100 push-ups. 100 sit-ups. So I always had, like, this work ethic, right, and this mm-hmm. niche about me for basketball because I would watch the and one tapes before I go outside. Legendary, yeah. Like, th- my whole focus was going to the NBA, going to the NBA. And like I said, Coach Eaton sat me down like, hey, listen, champ, like, you got some size to you. You need to put a helmet on. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of aggressive in basketball. Like I said, I always was, like, fouling people. And I'm right. like, man, I ain't playing no football. Right, right. <laughs> tripping. Like, bro, I'm going to the league for basketball. basketball like, yeah. bro, you 6'2", and you playing a four and a five. Like, you make got, it make like, sense. Like, <laughs> I, we know you good in here. Like, we, you're good in Baltimore. But when you go to Florida, you know, AAU, playing against these dudes, they 6'8". Six nine, and yeah. I'm like, I'm down there. At I'm that handling time, mine, six but... two is like a, a point. Right, uh, still, two, you ever say to this, to this day? day. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, you know what I'm you saying. You actually looked at it as a small guard at six two. Exactly. To this day, so yeah, yeah. And so, so for me, it was like, all right, I'm gonna give it a shot. And all my friends were like, kind of transitioning, playing. My best friend Marcus, he was like, kind of the last straw for me. Like, bro, let's do this. And um, so I wound up playing. I was terrible again, right? Like, I never got, like, I promise, like, I never had, like, you know how some people, like, yo, he got a talent for this. Like, he's going to be great. I never had that, right? Like, Al, all my sports I had to work, I sucked at baseball, swimming, any sport that I just started out, I never was a natural, right? So I had to work at everything that I had to do as far as sports. And um, I wound up, you know, making a varsity team for football, smashing some dudes. I wound up with, like, 10 sacks my junior year. Okay. Per luck. Just, like, just no random. skill. Like, <laughs> Coach Travis, Coach Lawrence, you know what I mean? Like, those guys, like, they was building confidence in me. Like, bro, just go rush the quarterback. I didn't know no, any plays. Off some water boy. This real talk. <laughs> like, all jokes aside. And I averaged, like, again, let's like fouls and penalties. I know you're familiar with it because yeah, you yeah. sports. But yeah. I would get, like, two penalties a game that would cost us. Just like Sheesh. I was fouling in basketball. So, yeah. it was like, man, I don't know if I could do this. But, like, again, I'm 6'3". Like two ten yeah, muscular because yeah. I'm like working out on my own and um everything's leaning towards football. Okay, you know what I mean. And um my mind, I'm still stuck on basketball, so I'm still training, traveling. I play with Baltimore Select. Okay, um I play with some of the best players in the city, right? Yeah. And like I, I was, I was pretty good at basketball. So um we wind up winning states my tenth grade year, eleventh okay. grade year, twelfth grade year. Um, started getting recruited, you know, Murray State, Maryland. Mm-hmm. Few Division One schools, and this is still for basketball. Yeah, this all basketball. I had zero offers for football, right? Wow. And then Boy came into the picture, and it was like, "Hey, listen, we want you to play both." I'm like, "This the school for me." Me, because like, they're gonna, like, they gonna let like, me do what I want to yeah. do, and they're gonna pay me for what they like, need me to do. You know, it was crazy because I made um, second team all Metro for basketball, but mm-hmm. you know, to, to really answer your question, like my whole focus was geared towards basketball. Yeah, everything, the way I moved, dress, I wore headbands, everything. I thought I was LeBron. I had um, it was this green book. I don't know if y'all remember. This was like 2002. LeBron had this green book with all the details about him. I still remember his cousin name was Maverick. His favorite cake was German chocolate cake. Like, I literally studied the book. I knew what type of gum he chewed before the game. Like, yo, like, no so basketball. So your whole routine was, was LeBron. So you was LeBron. You was Brawny before yeah, Brawny happened. <laughs> real talk, no. Real talk. And my boy, he had cornrows, so he was, like, mellow. And we both was the same yeah, size. Yeah, And we, like, we was nice, though. Both of us made all met in Baltimore, you know, in the mm-hmm. Metropolitan area. We made all met. So, and we killed one, four championships, three basketball, one football. So right. it wasn't like we didn't, you know, we wasn't good. We were yeah. great at basketball. It's yeah. just that. In sports, it's like size matters, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm going to ask you this because, you know, a lot of people <laughs> a lot of people get into the city poly situation, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Did you have the option to go to either or was Dunbar just the one that just was like, because, of course, they didn't recruit you, yeah. right? Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> they, you know what I'm saying? But but the same token, yeah. Dunbar was like, yo, we, you know, come over here. Yeah. We can use yeah. you over here. You feel it's, me? It's, it's crazy how life worked because – um, 
my dad, right, mm-hmm. he was more so like gun ho Him and my mom wanted me to go to Dunbar. Okay. Um, I grew up East Baltimore, but then I wound up moving with my dad when I was 12 or 13, right? Okay. Um, tough situation, kid in Baltimore. My mom, she was, you know, using at the time. So, you know, I got took away by social service and I had an option to go to foster care or live with my dad. And I chose to live with my dad, right? So, um... Like, I was kind of a trouble kid running outside. I barely wanted a haircut. He's yeah. regular East, East Baltimore, Baltimore kid, right? Mm-hmm. So, and they're like, man, you got a gift. Like, go to school. And I'm like, yeah. nah, I want to go to Walbrook. <laughs> I want to go to Southwestern. No disrespect to Walbrook or Southwestern, but I knew so many people there because I went to Harlem Park. It was like, we got to get you away. You need to go somewhere where you can play sports and have your mind focused. And right. um, I was like, you know what? I do it. Also, I was getting recruited, right? So believe it or not, I broke my leg. True story. And I'm going to put you out there. I, I haven't seen this brother in over 15 years. Mr. Edwin Johnson. Okay. I'll never forget. I'm in my living room, lagging a cast, like from my, my waist down to my ankle. And um, Edwin Johnson comes in and he's like, um, man, you're going to Dunbar. And he's like one of the alumni from Dunbar. Okay. They got one of the best alumni in the joint. Okay. And, um, that puts the city poly to rest. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I, like, and to be honest, like, I was so ignorant to like the high school robberies and right. great high schools. Gotcha. I just was like, because you was brawn already, right? You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, I'm like, I'm, bro, I'm going to Walbrook South. I'm a hoop where I hoop, and it, it is what's going to be what it's yeah, going to be. Yeah, they gonna so. find me where they looking. Not even thinking about the history, and then like you know, going into Dunbar, ignorant about the history. After my ninth grade year, I was a totally different student. Like, I had a different pride about myself because mm. they treat you to the traditions of the past when you go to Dunbar. You know what I mean? And then, of course, you grew up, like you said, East Baltimore. Um, mm-hmm. And then moms, you know, was using, like, you got, you saw a lot of that, right? As a kid, um, how does that, and of course, as an adult now, how did that make you see your mom? Did it see you, did you see her differently or was it one of those things like, did you have a bad relationship? Like, cause looking at it from a perspective of like, yo, she don't care enough about me to stop doing this. And now I got to go make a decision at this young age. Like how, how was that? It's believe it or not, you ignorant to it at the time. Wow. Right. Um, you think this is how life should be because you, you, you haven't seen anything else, mm-hmm. right? You become accustomed to it. So I was used to my mom not being there at night, me coming home, having to feed my brothers, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Make some meals for them, sharing my oozy noodles with them. Mm-hmm. So like those things on me were like normal, you know what I mean? Now, yeah. what frustrated me was seeing her, you know, after she would come back from doing her thing outside, mm-hmm. right? Um, she had like these situations where she would be so self-medicated where she wasn't even like Coherent. present, yeah, right? Okay. You know what I mean? Like she's kind of like sleep while I'm talking to her. And those things kind of frustrated me more than anything. But I will say this about my mom, right? We never had um, to uh, struggle for food. Mm-hmm. We always had a roof over our head, right? Mm-hmm. So with those two things, I always took pride in, you know, who she was as a woman because right. she was strong. She was right. raising three or four kids on her own. Oh. Super young. She had me when she was 17, right? So, oh. so she's a young mom going at this thing in Baltimore all on her own. Mm-hmm. And she found a way for us, right? And I think watching her struggles is what made me even hungrier. You right. know what I mean? And um, it caused me to be a man at a young age, but I'm right. grateful for that. Now, how, and then you you said you had the choice from social services or your dad. And it was did you already have a good relationship with your dad at the time, or did that develop over time? No, I didn't. Wow. Um, I knew my dad, but I didn't know my dad, right? So at the same time, you like, I'm about to put my life as a kid in the trust I'd rather not go in the system, yeah. but I don't even know if I'm going into a system yeah. with my dad. Like, okay. It's wild because we started building our relationships throughout the years, right? I would go over his home, and he's a young dude too, right? right? And I'm looking back at it. I'm 35 now, mm-hmm. and at the time, he was 28, 20, you know what I'm saying? And wow. he's handling his business, you know, with his, his other two kids, and I would come over to his house, play the game, and eat chicken boxes. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was like the greatest time ever, right? right. Never knowing that one day I might have to live with this dude. So our relationship was like, you know, it, it was what it was for the, you know, time period. And I still hold some animosities towards him mm-hmm. that I'm um, I'm still struggling to get over. But this man, um, he took me in at the age of 12 and 13. And mm-hmm. I, I really owe a lot of my success that I've seen in life due to him wow. watching him and how he moved and how he hustled. But um, it was a tough time at that time period, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
being taken away from my mom was one of the hardest things. Like, like I would sometimes leave out my dad's house at night to try to go back, back to live to, with my mom. Wow. But she didn't have a home at the time, right? She was in a, um, a program. And, um, like, typical Baltimore kid story, um, mm-hmm. bouncing home to home. I stayed mm-hmm. with my aunt for a while, moved back with my grandma, lived with my dad, stayed with my aunt. So it was, you know, kind of a house-to-house thing. But all throughout that, my mom stayed in contact with me. Like, I don't know if y'all remember, like, we had these boost phones, and yeah. I'll never forget this, right? My mom used to come, like, bring, every time she came, she had, like, some Nike socks, a boost phone for me, and I, and that was her way of trying to bridge the relationship, but, Still you know, be involved, like, showing you, I ain't, I ain't quit on you. Yeah, and I'm like, take me with you. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> no, nah, like, and it wasn't nothing against my father's side of the family, because, like, they had strong discipline, like, they were, like, they Organized, were on it. My yeah. Aunt Vicky, my Aunt Jackie, like, yeah. they they were structured in the home, right? Like, I had to be in the house at 7 o'clock. Like, hey, I'm like, I'm used to living over east. We yeah. running outside <laughs> at 1 o'clock in the morning on a school night. Like, ain't nobody watching me. So I had to learn a lot of discipline when I moved to my father's side of the family, right? And mm-hmm. I think, like, that helped move me too. But um, like I said, uh, it was a tough transition, to be honest with you. Being yeah. taken away like that and then um, being separated from my brothers because he had to go stay with his dad. And then my younger brother went to go stay with his grandmom. So, and we were so used to being together all the time. Wow. And then um, for them to separate us, it was like one of the most hardest things I've ever been through. And how are y'all relationship t- today? Um, it's wild because my mom is dead, right? She died wow. from an overdose, right? Wow. Um, my brother was murdered on uh, my Mormosia. And my brother Jermaine lives in Virginia. And my wow. sister lives in Florida. Wow. So, it, like the Baltimore, it, it's, it, it kind of just spread it y'all completely. Yeah, out. like it kind of broke the family in half, as far Sheesh. as my mother's side of the family goes, right? Yeah, but you know, I know you said your dad has two other kids. Yeah. when you moved to him, so yeah. are y'all close? Yeah, we close. Um, we were we were all actually just at uh, Christmas dinner together, okay. right? So that, that, like I said, that that side of the family was extremely structured. Yeah, and we kind of molded all together now that we're older. My mm-hmm. um, my mom, brothers, they come to dinner. They come to the cram, um, the Christmases, the family outings. So we kind of like we gel tight now that you know a lot of everybody's older yeah. and more established for themselves. But and got a better understanding of life. Yeah. And most of y'all got kids. Yeah. So and we'll we'll get into that. Um, but mm-hmm. I think it was I think it's important to kind of put in perspective like the upbringing yeah. because we get so involved into the sport part of it. I say it a lot of times even when I speak that most of the kids that are in college or that are not even in college that's just on the street, they're running mm-hmm. away from something. Yeah. Right? You had an opportunity <laughs> to go be at your dad's house. Most people don't even get to know who their dad is. Right. You didn't know, you didn't have a structured relationship with him, but he was like, bro, you're still my kid. Mm-hmm. Come over here. Even if you didn't want to go, you were still trying yeah. to get back to mom's. <laughs> so you still had options that even in a bad situation, most people don't have. Yeah. And so, you know, just for, for, for the perspective of it all, you know, being able to show the outcome of how it makes sense that your parents, even if they couldn't do the best, they still did mm-hmm. the best by you, yeah. right, for what they knew. Yeah. Um, and so now, okay, so we've, we've gotten through all of the situations of high school, buoy calls, you accept the offer? Mm-hmm. Like, I, it wasn't even, it was a no-brainer. Because <laughs> they said you could play both <laughs> I promise. So, I know you, do you, I don't know if you remember Coach Luke. Yes. Yes. Coach Luke came to see me play in a state championship, right? Okay. And um, he's like, and I'm like, you know, it's this white coach, you know what I yeah, mean? I'm like, yeah. this, it, I mean, a few coaches that came to see me, but none of them were white. Like, it was yeah, more yeah, so yeah. just it's like, like hold on, coaches. bro, which, who, you, who is you and why are you around yeah. this neighborhood? And like, not, yeah, right. You know what I mean? Not to, not to, you know what I'm not saying? Not in like, a bad way, right. but like, bro, it ain't a whole lot of white people around this area, to be honest. And um, I see him, so he like, I'm like, what's going on? He's like, man, do you want to play football? I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm supposed to play football. He's like, no, don't worry about that. We already talked to the coach. We go. I'm like, listen, where the paperwork? Like, bring it now. I'm like, you got my verbal commitment right now, and I'm yeah. coming to boy. And um, my guy Yusuf, he was actually being recruited first. Mm. And I'm like, boy, bro, you going D two? Like, what? I'm going D one again because I had like this high I, expectation yeah. for myself to play basketball. And so did like my brother Marcus, right? Because mm-hmm. this is my like my best friend, my fox in the hole. He like, bro, we gonna go to JUCO. We don't get the D one that we want. We gonna go to JUCO, mm-hmm. and he wound up going to um, what is it, Hargrave? I think that's okay. like it's like a boarding school, probably like, kind of like an army school. So he wound up going there out of high school, and I'm like, I'm going to boy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we had like this whole signing day. It was like laid out like 
I felt like I was going, you know, to a major D1, right? Mm -hmm. And um, all my friends and family was in the stands at Dunbar. I can never forget this day. Like, this was probably, it's up there in my top 10 days of my life. Uh, my dad was there. Um, my mom, she wasn't there, but she was there in spirit, right? Yeah. And um, it's a wild story on how she passed and because it was during my freshman year in college, and I'm going to get to that in a little bit. But um, So I wound up signing, going to Bowie. And then um, I step on campus, and it's like, yo, like it's a whole different world. It's trees out here, there ain't no <laughs> trash on the ground. I'm like, mind you, this now like, for, for those who what? don't know, he's only thirty minutes <laughs> right. from his house. Right, 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 right. right. So it's like it's not like bro went on a trip. Uh -huh. it, it wasn't even none of that. He went down the street and was like, yo, I ain't, Bruh. I ain't never think I could see something like this close. You would be surprised how many kids never even make it out of Baltimore. Yeah. Like, we, like I, I'm 18, 19. I probably was out of the city twice my whole life. Wow. You know, I went to, and it was all through basketball. Right. Two AAU tournaments. I'm sorry. I went to Tennessee for an AAU tournament. I went to Philadelphia for an AAU tournament. And I went to Florida for an AAU tournament. Okay. And that was my only time out of the city. Wow. I never, like, we never took, like, you know what I mean? Family yeah. trips or nothing like that. So, for me to go to Boy, and I'm like, damn. I'm out here on my own. It's like <laughs> trees. I, damn, I get my own room. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's crazy. But I done made it. <laughs> like, bro. Like, and it's wild because uh, my boy, right? Uh, I know you remember Rodney Webb. Like, mm -hmm. he's all CIAA running mm -hmm. back. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Let me give my yeah. boy a shout. Yeah, you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. He like, bro, you ain't going home? I'm like, nah. For what? <laughs> for like, what? <laughs> like, what you going home for? Like, we got free food up in the cast. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Everything's here. Like, like basically, we didn't made it. Listen, we didn't like, made it. And I'm, and it's at this time, this Holmes Hall. I didn't even get the boy place yeah, yet. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And for people who like might be listening, Holmes Hall is like the freshman dorm for men. Mm -hmm. And then you know you got boy place. That's like the luxurious suite. Yes, it's the, it's the apartments, the quad. It's like four rooms in it with a kitchen. And yeah, I didn't even need that. Yeah. Holmes Hall was good enough for me. <laughs> like I'm so sorry. Bro said he was good with the shared you know bathrooms. I mean? For real, it was cool. <laughs> Turn speed and um, like I, I promise you. God is so powerful. Like mm. he ordered everything that happened to wow. me. Like it was meant for me to go to Bowie. I couldn't go anywhere else, right? Especially mm. to play football because when I got to Bowie, my roommate was Terrence Pete. This kid, he was like the king on campus before God we got there. <laughs> right? Like these uh, I'm, I'm naming some legends right you, now. He is. He is. This is my roommate, right? He from Memphis, country dude. But he loved football. Yeah. Like how I love basketball, he loved football. Okay. I mean, to the point where he like taping up his helmet and taping his wrist in his room before practice. This is before we get into the locker room. You know what I mean? So I'm, I used to yeah, watch Yeah, like, I, ain't, I don't even need y'all. I got this. Like Dion, Like he got his outfits laid out, mm -hmm. his socks, everything. This is like, again, it's 2006. So I'm, I'm watching this dude like, bro. Like, but I didn't realize until later on in my years, like, Everything that he was doing, I was picking up on. Mm. You know what I mean? And he was big, athletic. We kind of, like, favored each other as far as body size and yeah. height and weight. And um, I picked up a lot of his habits, how he studied, how he dressed, how he got ready for practice. And um, I took on that same mentality. It's interesting because that's basically an environmental thing, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, being able – you never made it outside of Bowie. I mean, outside of Baltimore. So – now you're going to Bowie, you got somebody who is from Memphis, mm -hmm. who's showing you different opportunities, basically, basically, especially since he's not even from the area. So he's also coming into a different perspective. So like now both of y'all are environmentally being changed yeah. based upon like you're bringing what you thought you knew and he's bringing what he thought he knew to mm -hmm. an area and y'all didn't even know how it was going to make sense. And so as it translates over into football, um, Freshman year, what is it like? Because you're playing two sports at this point now. What's it? So there's two different. So you're on campus basically in the summer. Mm -hmm. And then there's also preseason for basketball. Let's yeah. start to figure out how this works. I, I had zero. Like, I didn't care about football. <laughs> like, I just was ready for basketball season. Like, ask anybody on the team. Like, my whole reason, I'm like, yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I got to get, you know, I like when it's basketball season start. And um, what happened is, is crazy. like, again, God is ordering my life, but mm -hmm. I can't see at the time because I'm mm -hmm. so young and I'm in it. Um, great me a great roommate. I had the opportunity. I could have signed anywhere, right, to play D2, sat on a bench anywhere. 
but I wound up going to Bowie to play both. I had an outstanding roommate, and then uh, with with um, I got my SAT score canceled. Mm. So this this was like uh, I wrote a letter to Man. see. A, I took and a lot of athletes probably will score sit back and they laugh. I took the SAT five times to get my score because I had a D one offer to Kent State, and I was trying to okay. play basketball, but I couldn't get the scoring time to sign a letter of intent. Okay, and um, so they wound up taking an offer off the table. I got the score that I needed to play. Mm-hmm. Eventually, after my fifth, fifth time, time taking it, right, but it was too late. Yeah. And, I was um, an ACT person, child. Yeah. Just, <laughs> so, but look, SAT believe it or not, child, I still got gripes with that. Like, <laughs> yeah. they red flagged me. They like, whoa, you jump from here to here. That like, it's not that much SAT prep in the world, but it was, and that's what I, I really locked in and honed in what I had to do so I can get this offer. But it was too late, so they wind up red flagging me, canceling my score. So I had to sit out my freshman year in football, but I could play basketball. So I still had to go through the practices yeah. and all of this stuff on campus. Uh-huh. But again, I'm in the football. I'm in the football uniform, but my mindset is basketball because I know I'm going to the league. I still got this passion. Like I don't care what nobody's saying. I'm going to the league for basketball, and um, I wind up not playing. Then I wind up. Uh, the season's over. We did. Um, we did okay. I think basketball season. Football. Football, football season, season okay. ends, and then basketball. Football season ended on Saturday. I had practice on Monday for basketball. basketball. Okay. okay. So I was and I was ready. Right First one in the yeah. locker room. I'm like, and I'm still juiced up. I'm like, still <laughs> muscled up from football. They like, man, this dude. Like, you bring like. And the transition is different because you want to stop and go now, like back to back to back, and anything. Yeah. Um. They. They. I'm gonna just be real. Like none of the basketball players thought I can do it. They like this dude. Like, bro, we see more caps. He, he, you know, he getting drunk every other night. Like, who is this dude? Like, why y'all? Like, you know what I mean? And I'm, I come in. I'm like, I want number ten. Like, I, I want my number. Like, like I think <laughs> go I'm the ahead. Truth. Go ahead. Like, I'm disrespecting. I'm thinking like oh, these D two dudes. Like, I'm supposed to be playing D one. So that was my like. I'm I'm going in like with this cotton. Mm. I got humble quick. Mm. Mind you, I'm I'm six four and I'm playing a four. Right now, and I'm tussling down there with these dudes, but I'm like, man, these brothers are right. mm-hmm. like, they ain't this ain't no all right. I'm gonna have to really get on my I'm trying game. I tell you, man, especially in the CIAA because that's a part of that's what Bowie State is, and it's like, yo, it's just past it's mm-hmm. overlooked talent that was never given the opportunity that yeah. plays in D2. Yeah. That don't mean they can't play D1, exactly. That don't mean they ain't talented enough in it, so yeah. And it's funny enough because most of the kids that were well, most of the guys that were on the team, they were men. I want to call them kids, but most of the guys on the team, they were transfers from D1. So I'm going in there with like, man, these dudes D2 type of mentality, mm-hmm. and I'm getting scorched. Every day I'm getting my ass handed to me. Sheesh. Like every day in practice I'm getting smashed. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. these dudes 6 eight, they dunk, and I'm mm-hmm. like, hold up. So I started running more, getting in more shape, and then um, I went from like 12th man on the roster to 6th man. And this is my mm. freshman year, right? Okay. So, and I, I'm super athletic. I'm dunking and throwing it out the bah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm keeping it up. Yeah. Wrong. After a while, though, but it took me about a month just to really get my feet wet and get mm. comfortable with my teammates and build mm. that trust in them to be like, okay, he can do this. Okay. Like, we need this dude, like, yeah. up in the lineup. Yeah. And again, I went. I just focused on my specialties: okay. rebounding, fouling. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, rebounding, like, fouling. I don't know if it's a kid who watching this who might need to hear this. Bro, you don't have to score 30 to be on the team. If your specialty is rebounder, be a rebounder. Yeah, Dennis Rodman had that game where it was 30 rebounds, no points. You get what I'm saying? He had 40 rebounds with no points and still won championships, and he's in the Hall of Fame, right? But a lot of times we focus on, I got to be the guy that's scoring 30. Nah, you don't have to be that guy. If you're the best supporter, be the best supporter. But get on the team and then earn your stripes. So that was my – That's your freshman year. Right. Okay, so from – at, at any point in your college career, does basketball take a backseat to football? Or how does that how, – when does that start to transition? When Duke Cruz stepped on campus, right. <laughs> so, so Duke came in my uh, – Yeah, we had uh, Travis Hyman. He was defensive player of the year. Then we had Duke Cruz, who was player of the year. They Two both played a four and Twin towers. Just you twin know what I'm saying? towers. And we had Big Cali before that. That was my freshman year. And I, could, I had to play behind him in Big Techs. But when Duke Cruz came on campus, I'm like, this is what an NBA player looks like. Because mm-hmm. he transferred from Tennessee. Mm-hmm. 6'8", athletic. Could run like a deer, you know what like, I mean? Like, span was oh my god! Like this dude, he he came and just destroyed the CIAA. He was player of the year. So, mm-hmm. um, 
my coach came to me. Coach Lynch wound up getting uh, another opportunity, and then Coach Wilson came in, mm-hmm. and he came and brought me into his office. He said, look. It's time to hang the basketball sneakers up. <laughs> like, bro, I meant like, listen, that like transfer me. <laughs> transfer me. Like, bro, I can't hope I'm gone. My deal was to come to boys. I had to play both sports. Mm-hmm. That was my deal from the beginning. Mm-hmm. He like, listen, I, I heard about you. And this is the first coach at Bowie to have this type of conversation with me. I'm not thinking about you on campus and what you're doing here. I'm thinking about your family. Wow. I'm like, what? Like, what you, you know what I mean? Like, bro, yeah. what you, I'm here to play sports. He like, listen, I know about you. I know about your situation at home. I know what happened to you your freshman year because, again, um, and I, and I kind of skipped past this, but my freshman year, and this was the, the, the turning point in my life for me, right? This is what changed everything about me as far as I have to make it. Not that I want to make it, not I have to make it. My freshman year, I go home, um, West Baltimore. I'm at my dad's house. And my mom is like maybe six blocks away on Fulton Avenue. Her homegirl comes and knocks on the door. It's Christmas Eve. I never forget it. 2006. Knocks on the door. Boom, boom, boom. What's this? It's it's Christmas Eve. It's like, you know what I mean? 10 in the morning. They're like, hey, your mom won't wake up. I'm like, what? Again, I'm so accustomed to seeing her in this state. It's like, man, putting my stuff on. I'm like marching around there. You know what I mean? Yeah. I march around there. I'm thinking nothing of it. I'm like, I'm about to go wake up, throw some water on or whatever, and we gonna, you know, I'm back to what I'm doing. And um, I get around there, and I'm like, Mom, wake up. Like, I'm, I'm I'm upset with her. Like, right? And I can still feel the emotion in me, like, as I'm speaking about it. And she won't wake up. You get what I'm saying? So I'm like, I wake up. My aunt crying. You know what I mean? My grandfather, he crying. And I'm just like, I'm numb to it because, again, I'm so, I didn't see my mom in this state since I was nine years old. I'm 18 at the time. But since I'm nine, she's been battling this addiction, right? So she wouldn't wake up. We wound up calling the ambulance, you know what I mean? And then they pronounce her dead, right? So I went into this deep depression again. And this was why the basketball players were saying, like, yo, this kid be running around campus, drinking, fighting all of the time. He was battling your own, own situation. And at the time, I didn't even know, right? Mm. I was dealing with my mom's death by drinking, partying, fighting on campus, doing crazy things that mm. I shouldn't have been doing. But at the time, I was battling those emotions to over try to come, like, because I held, I withheld everything. Like, ain't nobody see me cry or nothing. Like, I just was holding all of that in, and I was taking it out with the alcohol and fighting. But um, that's when I knew. I'm like, okay, nobody going to get my brothers back but me. You know what I mean? Mm. And what I mean, my brother's back, because I told you like early in the story that they was, we were spread out and taken apart. So, you know, I made that promise to myself and to my mom, like, yo, I'm going to make it to the NBA. Mm-hmm. Not knowing I'm going to the NFL, I'm going to make it to the NBA. I'm going to change the lives of my family. I'm going to bring us back together. Yeah. That was my mission, right? And again, that that transpired. But um, went to, that was, that's my... That's my hurrah story. That's what uplifted me. That's what made me pull myself up by the boots. Like, right. you know what I mean? Experiencing my mom die is like one of the worst things I've ever been through. And overcoming that is the, probably the strongest thing that I've been through. What is the steps? Because I, what are the steps that you're taking now? Because sports is also used as a drug itself, if you will, mm-hmm. to cope and ease. And it's an escape route, yep. right? Um, like, like I mentioned earlier, a lot of people, even if they're not playing sports, if they go to college and they have a dorm room mm-hmm. that they've never had their own room before, they're running away from something at yeah. home. It could be small to you, but big to them. Uh, what are the steps that now you're hearing somebody say, yo, I know everything before you even know who he is mm-hmm. at this point? What is the steps that get you to trust him? Because it's hard, especially you being a person from Baltimore. Yeah. Trust doesn't come easy. And I, that's just me knowing the area. Yeah. So what was the steps that got you to start trusting Coach Wilson? Uh, just that conversation. Him sitting me down. Like, I've, because of who I was, you know what I'm saying, the type of athlete, like being a superstar, nobody, like, when you're a superstar or you're really good at something, people tend to hold back their true opinion about you mm-hmm. because they don't want to, like, they want to be in your presence. They want to be around you. He was kind of the first to sit me down, like, bruh, 
I hear you, like, but you're average at basketball. I'm laughing because I can actually see him do that. Like, like and he like, <laughs> excuse me, he got like a chuckle about him, like, bro, like, I hear you, like, all of that's cool. Like, that was before I got here, though. Like, this is your game plan. Like, I know you want to make it out for your family. This is the reason why you stay on campus so much and you don't go back to Baltimore. I know your whole, like, and it's like my fourth time even being around this dude. You Jeez. know what I mean? And he like pouring me out. Like, I guess he did his research. So, yeah. He know what type of guy I am, and he just knew what buttons to push on me. And him having that conversation, like, listen, you have to make a decision today. Like, I'm talking to Coach Luke. I want you off the basketball team. I want your life to be football. And I'm like, bro, I'm not even that good at football. Like, did you see me last year? My, this is my sophomore year, so I didn't play this year. Yeah. And he like, I had an average year. I think I might have had, like, three sacks. I started, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I was a captain and all of that, but – I had one of the most average sophomore years, excuse me, freshman years, because I didn't play. Yeah. I was a red shirt right. freshman. Freshman year. I just had a regular year. And I'm like, but my size, you see what I'm saying? And he saw that. He's like, listen, I can train you to be a professional. Not, mindset. Not just on the field, but off the field, mm -hmm. right? And I'm like, you know what? I'm a trust in this dude. Like, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Because mm -hmm. of his approach and the way he, you know, went about it, he sees something that I don't see. Obviously, and he's coming from a Division One school, so that that kind of put a little bit more respect on who he was for me too. And then um, he was a no nonsense coach. Still is to this day. Changed the whole like buoy <laughs> how we went about business. <laughs> Still is to this day. Five a.m.s Monday through Friday. Like this is the workout. Please don't be late, cause not you won't suffer, but your teammates will. So I like if you were to show up late, I'm like, no, go ahead, grab a seat. Whatever part of core, like, so say for instance, you were part of a linebacker core and you were mm -hmm. late, the linebackers would run for you being late. You know what I mean? And we had a we 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 we, we had a brotherhood that was that was unacceptable. Because right. when you got back to the dorm, or you was gonna oh, hear yes. about it, or you was gonna feel about yeah. it. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> and um, he the just, accountability was real. <laughs> Coach Wilson changed the whole dynamic of Bowie and how we addressed uh like everything about football from working out to the time we worked out. Um, classes, like this dude, he was constantly on campus. He was inside our classrooms, and um, it was no more just going to school, like, oh, I'm going to take art and theater, like, just to play football. Mm -hmm. You had to declare major. Like, he made all of those changes for me in my life, and I'm like, bro, I'm following this man. Yeah. I'm going to trust this man because he, he, he sees something, or he been somewhere, or he knows something, right? So I wound up hanging up the basketball cleats my sophomore year. I'm excuse me, hanging up my basketball sneakers my sophomore year, and I solely focused on football. And then um, going into my junior year, that's when I just exploded. Yeah, uh, I, I I killed it. Right, um, <laughs> we uh, we had two a day, so we had two workouts in the summer. You had to go to the morning or the evening one. I was the only one without an option. Myself and Yusef at the time, because he was supposed to go pro before me. Okay. And um, he was he uh, he made all American and all of that, right? And this, believe it or not, I'm gonna say this. This is what people need to understand. I'm the only one from Bowie that played in the NFL that never was an All-American. And I, never, I didn't know that. And I never made All-Conference. Ever. I One know that. time. I don't know why I literally that's thought. That's crazy, I, right? I, that's insane. Like, it, it's almost Because I watched you play. Like, when I was at Bowie, I literally sat here and watched you play. And I'm like, like yo, bro, killing. Character. Attitude. Mm. Right? It wasn't not that not that I wasn't good enough to make it, but you get voted on by coaches to make these teams. Mm. And I was a, I was an a-hole, like all the way through and through. Mm. Grabbing people face masks, screaming and cursing at the coaches before the games. You know what I mean? And I'm thinking, like, this is the animal mindset that I need to have to make it. Boy. Right? And, like, not understanding relationships. Now that I'm older, I'm speaking on these things. But when you're younger and you're in the game, you don't understand, like, the path that you're blazing. Yeah. You might have to go back, back there. You know what I mean? Or you might need somebody on that, that path. Hope that bridge is right? not burned at it, this point. Exactly. So I um I was a I was an a-hole on the field. I was an a-hole off the field. You know what I mean? And, I, and that's all. I'm going to say this. This is early in my career because okay. towards my junior and senior year, all of these things changed about me because I was arrested. And, um, again, it was because I was fighting and stuff on campus. I actually was arrested on campus. We had a brawl in the gym. Um, yeah, I was there. Yeah. <laughs> it got crazy. I and, have uh, never seen so many, <laughs> and I'm going to say this, black people Yeah. in one building get out so fast. Yeah. And 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 it was just and now it was a wild time. It and and me personally, and this is not no knock on Bowie State by no stretch of imagination because the public safety department mm -hmm. 
one thing I can say about them was that they knew the people. Yeah. So they tried to save our behinds, mm-hmm. especially if they knew who you were and what you did on campus. Yeah. Um, so it was very relational. So if they had to put you in cuffs, yeah. they it was like, bro, what was, are you doing? I, I knew it, though. I knew it when it happened, right? It was one of those situations. I don't even really want to tell the story, but I'm going to tell it anyway because some kid might be watching this yep. and they might not. You got to put your pride to the side yep. at some point in your life if you want to make it, right? Mm. And this could have destroyed everything that I've worked for, right? Yeah, we're seeing a kid now, right now, from Alabama. His whole career done. is done. One decision. 20 seconds could change everything that, you know what I mean? So, junior year, I had a beast year. Coach Wilson set me down. I'm not playing basketball anymore. We're in the gym. I still, again, I cannot put this basketball down. We in there hooping, whatever, whatever. And the dude from D.C., he kind of grabs the ball, takes it off the court. He doesn't even go to boy, right? Mm-hmm. And, um... He like kind of fake, like he gonna hit me with the ball. So boom, we get into it. I, you know, I wind up hitting him, you know, whatever. <laughs> My mind while I'm fighting this dude, I'm like, yo, what, what are you doing? Like you just had a like- An Amazing scene. Oh my, like this is it, you right there. So I'm like this click and I run out the gym. Like all you see is like 50 people run out with me. Mo- majority like football players, mm. dudes from all campus that I'm dealing with, stuff like that. And um, I'm sitting in the door, I'm like, oh man. Like yo, what just happened? Like, all right, we good. I go to class and stuff next day like nothing happened. Week and a half later, boom, 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 boom. Delano Johnson here. Police at the door. I'm like, yeah, Delano Johnson here. I'm like, yeah, but what's up? Like, yeah, we got a warrant for your. I'm like, oh no, 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 you got the wrong dude. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, did you have you been outside? That that poster, that's me. Like yeah. that, that's me outside. Yeah. You been to the website? That's me. You got the wrong guy. Like I, I'm, yeah, superstar athlete. Yeah. Like they're like, no, Delano Johnson, please come with us. I'm like, what's going on, man? Like, I don't understand what's going on. He's like, were you involved in a situation in the gym? Maybe one. I'm like, nah, that wasn't me. Nah, I wasn't even there. I was working out. We're like, well, we're going to find out. So, yeah. So I wind up going down to the station. And uh, that whole experience, you know, it was awful. What is it was awful? What did Coach Wilson ever show up? That's crazy you say that, right? So I, um, I'm in Montgomery County. I'm arrested. And, um, Wait, this wasn't on campus police. Nope. At this, this point, this, this, this is this real life. This on campus police came to my dorm room to get me out to of get you, place. and then they tra- hand you over. over to Montgomery County, right? So I'm leaving off campus. It's just like it's oh man, all my boys they kind of like watching me, you know, get put into the police car. This is one of the experiences I don't wish on any athlete because you are literally watching your career go down the drain. Like as I'm getting in the car seat, I'm thinking like I'm never coming back on campus. Like, I just blew it over a fight in the gym. I could have just let that go. Mm-hmm. I could have easily let the dude just get a pass. Mm-hmm. But because I was so ego-driven at the time, and I was mm-hmm. already, like, and again, I'm dealing with these things from my mom that I still haven't really dealt with yet. Yeah. Like, any time a fight was came was about, I was the aggression. first one in it. You know what I mean? You saw everything. Getting in that police car, watching my career go down the drain, I'm like, man. I get there. They process me. And um, I'm sitting in there for about a day or two. The hell am I going home? Like, am I getting a bail? Am I gonna let get like go? Like, what? Why am I still sitting there? And was it on a weekend when they came? I have no idea. I can't even remember. I just remember <laughs> sitting. I'm about there. to say, yeah. Yeah, If it was on the weekend, you were gonna be there Yo, at least. I was. Monday. I was in there. I was in there six days. What? I have no idea how long why I was in there this long, but I got an orange jumpsuit on, Jay. I'm like, this will this. When I say God ordered my life for me to like, He's giving me multiple chances to be successful, and um. I'm sitting there, right? I'm on a bunk, right? I'm on a lower bunk, and I'm and it's this guy, like he over top of me. He's obviously like battling a drug addiction. And I'm like, bro, this is how my life going in. Like, this is it. Like this, this is it for me. I just start praying right there. I'm like, God, if you let me out of this, I'm done with it. I'm I'm, I'm focused on the NFL. I'm going. Just give me this next opportunity, right? And lo and behold, um, the day I go see the commissioner, guess who at the court? My lady. Rodney and Coach Wilson. Yeah. Ain't that correct? This dude who made me this promise, my beginning of my sophomore year, is still right with me. Even after everything I done did, I basically, you know, spat on the program by being involved in that situation. And he's at my court date, like at the hearing. And like I can see them because I'm on like on a video joint, the judge is there. And they're like at the courtroom. I'm not there at the courtroom, but they are in okay. the courtroom. And I'm like on a 
camera screen. and the screen. And um, I could hear him speaking about me and to my character and who I was. Then my lady get up, she say something about me. And then Rodney get up, he say something about me. And then the judge is like, well, why are you here? If all of these people feel this way about you, do you have anything to say for yourself? I said, this is be the last time you ever see me. Mm. And that's all I ever said, right? And then that was that. And then I wind up getting a bail. But believe it or not, I get transferred to Baltimore. Why? I got an FTA affair to appeal <laughs> in court in Baltimore. Like, I'm telling you, right? So no. I, I get transferred to Baltimore. They let me out on my own recon. And I'm, and I'm not glorifying this story because this was one of the low points in my life. But these are the things that happen in your life mm -hmm. that you look back on like, yo, like it could have been all over. Do you wish you at least would have started talking about the things that were bothering you earlier? Because a lot of this came from just aggression of things that you have seen, especially mm -hmm. coming from that type of neighborhood. Yeah. Not knowing who to trust, of course. It's, diff it's different coming from a city that don't talk to nobody unless it's about getting money legally or illegally. Mm -hmm. Not talking about college. Uh, it's four HBCUs alone in the state of Maryland, yeah. and most of the kids in Baltimore have never been to one. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it just it's one of those things where you wish you just would have started talking earlier. Exactly. It changed my whole perception of life. So I changed my major to child and adolescent studies. I had wow. to figure out why I was responding to everything the way I was responding to it, like with aggression, with this buildup. And like right now, I'm the dean of students. I deal with disciplinary actions mm -hmm. and operations in the school system. So it transitioned me right into my career. Jeez. And even while I was playing football, I already knew. Hey, yo, I'm going to go back to Baltimore and help them ex explain to them, like, yo, you're not just acting like that for no reason. People not just, like, you don't, that just don't happen to you. You don't just wake up with aggression and want to fight and angry. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, now, yeah. not like maybe one out of 100 people might that happen to, mm -hmm. but it's your past experiences yeah. that lead you to be that person, right? And the kids don't understand that yeah. because they're in it. So, right? hold on, before we get to the, okay, so now we're done, so, okay, you get out. Of, you get out of prison. You get out of jail. Mm -hmm. You go back to Bowie. Are you playing immediately? Nope. What happens? So I go back on campus, and it's a party for me. Like, it's a party. I'm so what? Not, not not from Bowie, but from my amongst my peers. <laughs> They glorifying it. They glorifying it. Why do we do this? Like I'm telling you, my girl pissed. Like she, she, like she want me move off campus. She like, she like, no, I'm tired of this. Celebrate none of this. You know what I mean? Do you know what I just went through? Listen, my man, I'm gonna put him out there, Rodney. Oh my, he's he's a corporate. I'm gonna blame him first. He got a bottle of gin waiting for me. It's a half gallon. I promise you. Like and and. Environment, people. Environment. I'm just like, because again, we're young, so we don't even understand what's going on. They're like, yeah, low heat free, da da da. They don't even understand. I'm a different man now. Yeah. Like I'm I'm not I'm I'm in my mind, I'm like, bro, that's over with, dog. Like we had enough fun. I gotta go to the league. Like y'all don't even know what I promised God while I was in there. Yeah. So So uh, take me to take me to your playing and mm -hmm. in senior year. All right, so after that, you know, um, again, I boomed the junior year. I wind up getting arrested, come home. Um, I'm back on it. My grind is different. My yeah. mindset is different. Um, <laughs> and I told this story in a bunch of interviews So people. I've been telling this story since, like, 09, right? Mm -hmm. I get a weight vest. You know what I mean? I had weights at the time. I get a do-rag and a <laughs> loop roll that stretches around buoy. Okay. Right? Uh -huh. So I made this commitment. Yeah. And, that, and this is why, I like, running is easy for me now. At 6 a.m., I would get up and I would run the campus around Luke World with my weight vest on and my do-rag every morning, like every single day. If you was up at 6 a.m., you would see me out on campus and everybody, like, even the girls that used to tease me, like, oh, look at 50 Cent. Like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, true story, all the basketball girls. Uh, TT, they can vouch for this. Uh, BG, all of them, all the basketball girls, because they used to have practice in the morning in the Salute basketball Salute to some team. of my teammates. Yeah, yes. you know what I mean? some used, of my teammates. They used to tease the hell out of me, like, what? Like, what are you doing? Like, I'm like, ah, and it pay off, you know what I mean? And it, not to no knock on them because they were supportive throughout my career. That's just how we, like, joked on each yeah, other, yeah. right? So, um, you know, I wind up working my ass off. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm going hard yeah. going into my senior year. My body's in the best shape it's ever been. I'm like, this is my year. And it was my year. Yeah. Like, first game of the season, I come out, like, eight or nine tackles, interception to the crib. I'm CIAA player of the week. 
I'm all over the, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I'm like on fire. Who this kid and where he been? Man, but this is the thing, and that's what people don't know about the game. The scouts are coming on campus now, but they're not coming directly to the practice. They're on campus. campus. So they're asking people about me. They're asking my teachers about me. Mm. They're asking Dr. Vaughn, Dr. Briscoe. They're asking these people about my character mm. first. What type of kid is this? Because we already know he's been arrested, right? So yeah. for him to be able to come back to the university, what type of person is he, depth. right? Yeah. And um, shout out to Boy, man, the whole, you know, the campus, the people, because everybody's always speak, you know, spoke well on my name. Yeah. And that helped me, you know, transition. But I wound up having a monster season. Um, I broke the record for most kicks. Uh, had like two touchdowns. And this is all from a linebacker position. So it was like two touchdowns. But for a linebacker, that was like for a Division two, six four, two fifty five linebacker to move that well. It was rare at that time, right? Yeah. I was unique in that in that way. So I had a B season my senior year, and then um, every day I felt like it was a, a recruiter on campus from the NFL. It, over thirty something teams. Well, excuse me, however many teams are in the league. Um, like thirty two. Yeah, thirty two. They all came to see me at some point just to sit down with yeah, me. Yeah, boy, games football wise was insane. And um, but to be honest with you, another pivotal point in my career was when the Jets came to see me practice. And then the practice is over. No, excuse me. It wasn't a practice. They came to see me. And they were in Coach Wilson's office. It was a recruiter from the Jets. I forget this guy's name. If he sees this interview, please tag me, right? And uh, so he's like, I come into the office. He's sitting here. Coach Wilson is at his desk. And the guy's like, what's up, brother? It's like 8 a.m. Right? I don't have no classes. This is my senior year. I probably got like two classes. I'm just strictly on football. I'm like, how you doing? You know, I'm shaking his hand. Yeah. I still got crust in my eyes. You know what I mean? Because they didn't call me like yeah. three times before yeah. I even answered. I run over. I still got my flip flops on. And um, like, what's up, brother? How you doing? I'm like, what's going on? How you doing? You know, sit down. And he asking me these questions. Like, do me a favor, take your shirt off for me. Like, what's going on? Like, take my shirt off. Like, that's the recruiter from the Jets. True story. I'm like, he like, take your shirt off. So I take my shirt off. He like tapping me up. He like, all right, look good. You, you know, you passed the eye test. Put your shirt back on. What time were you up this morning? I said, I just came over here when you guys called me. He said, you can't play for me. Like the whole room, myself, Coach Wilson, looking at him. He like, you can't play for me. They were up at 5 a.m. in Florida. You late. And you're, you're from a Division II school. Ooh. These dudes down in Florida, they done worked out, been to class eight, and probably about to go back for their next workout, and you just getting up. Yeah. You can't play for me. And I'm like, damn, I'm sitting there like, oh, my God, like, this brother's serious? I'm like, well, it, you know, it won't happen. He's like, well, it's too late. And that's how your opportunity is in the NFL. Wow. And I'm like, he like, bro, do you understand that you're already, you're coming Bye. from an HBCU, a Division two HBCU, and you're getting up at 8 o'clock? What I need with you? Like, you know what I mean? I got dudes coming from Arkansas, Alabama, LSU, and they all up at 5 a.m. and worked out and all of that, and you just getting up? You can't play for me. And that kind of changed me as well. So, now and I'm a morning person. Like even to this day, I'm up yeah. early. I get my run in. I try to do much work as I can possible in the morning because people don't understand that it's people around the world who want the same thing as you, but they up at four a.m. So, they up at 5 so you mentioned the Jets. You mentioned the Jets. Mm-hmm. Do you get do you get drafted or do you enter the draft? And then if you enter the draft, do you get drafted or do you go undrafted? Uh, so uh, crushed it. This the, these these points right here are important because I want college athletes to understand that again I mentioned it earlier but I want to put emphasis on it I was not an Mm All-American I did not make Mm All-Conference right but I was defensive player of the game for the championship game in the CIAA I crushed it right I remember that game I got an opportunity to play in the HBCU All-Star game I went down there and I crushed it remember that game too destroyed every like you know what I mean and then I went out to the NFL PA Bowl in LA Mm -hmm. my senior year and I crushed it so those three games kind of put me in a different spotlight as far as linebackers go in the recruiting. It kind of rose my stock. And um, so going into it, I ran like a 4-7 at my pro day. Okay. It was at Bowie. I only had one opportunity to do a pro day. And I didn't – Merlin wouldn't let me in. Towson wouldn't let me in. So I, Morgan wouldn't let me in at the time because, you know, they wanted the – Ironically, that's where that Damon guy. Wilson is the head coach at now. Yeah. I'm just <laughs> Shout out to Morgan. <laughs> you know what I mean? They wouldn't but, let him uh, in, though. Right. <laughs> it, I'm telling you, it's a tough – it's a tough – it is like people think, like, the road is just kind of paved out for you. Mm-hmm. 
you have to really work hard to get mm -hmm. to that next level, right? So I wound up crushing those all-star games. I had some outstanding interviews. I built some relationships on the way. Extremely respectful. I sat front row. I took notes at every all-star game. Like, I was about you my business. what you wanted. Yeah, you know what I mean? And I think all of those things paid dividends in the end to me getting signed into the NFL because I was not drafted, right? Okay. So I wind up doing all of those things. I put up my time as 4-7. And then the day of the draft, I got a phone call from the Indianapolis Colts. Um, the Jets had sent me a letter. And the last team to contact me was the Houston Texans. I didn't even know that they were, like, that interested in me, right? Mm -hmm. And they called me about sixth round. They're like, listen, we got two more picks, but we need a kicker. And we're looking at this other kid, but we want to sign you. And I'm like – Send the paperwork. <laughs> like, I don't even, like, I don't care if y'all draft me. Yeah, 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 I don't yeah. care about none of that. When I say I'm home by myself with my lady, she's pregnant at the time with my youngest, my oldest son, excuse me. And um, I don't even want to talk to her. I'm like, just go back in the room. My phone is turned up right. And if it's not an out of town number, I'm not even and responding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I the TV is here and I'm right here. I watched the draft from the first to the end of the draft by myself, no friends, no family members. Nothing, and then um, Houston called me about six round, like, hey, we want to sign you. And I'm like, what? I'm like, what y'all want to sign me for? And they like, a steak dinner. I'm like, well, I'll bring the fork. Like, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Because dudes, dudes be thinking like, yo, I'm going to get signed for like 20000 or 30000 or $50,000. That's not how it worked when you, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're getting into them late rounds. But they did wind up giving me a nice piece of change, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And yeah. it wasn't a steak dinner, but they gave me a nice piece of change. You buy a few school. steaks. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's the NFL. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. yeah, you know what I mean? Like, this so, and I never forget the coach tells me, this is Gary Kubiak at the time in the GM. He's like, man, listen, we know you weren't drafted, but go get you a hat. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to send you some stuff out there. But listen, it's just as well as being drafted. You got to call on the day of the draft. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm crying. You know, I'm yeah. calling on my boys. And yeah. I'm like, yo, we did it. You know what I mean? They're like, yo, we ain't see you. You know, your name. You know, again, people are so, they thinking like, if you don't get drafted, then you didn't make it. Yeah. I'm like, no, I got It's kind of like not going D1, but you still went D2. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I wound up getting a call. I wound up getting signed. And then um, it was on. So was after on. you, so how many years did you do with Houston? Uh, I was there for two years. I was there for two years. And then after Houston, there's the transition into the, the CFL. To the CFL, yeah. But again, and I want people to understand, I walked into the Houston locker room back against the wall again. Mm -hmm. D2, black college player. You know, there was a stigma about us back in the day. Now it's a, it's a lot different. But back during my time, they felt like we couldn't understand a playbook. And mind you, that's only like 10 years ago. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it was it was a different look at HBCU players. Like, mm -hmm. oh, they, they're fast, they're athletic, but they might not be able to understand the playbook. Right. But that was Coach Wilson, Coach Jones, Coach Sewell. That's all they embedded in this. Yeah, yeah. if you don't know the plays, you can't play on the field. Yeah. I have to know what the safety do, the D linemen do. I had to know formations as far as offensive goes. So they taught me the game, so I was prepared when I got there. But I walked into a room, it was 16 linebackers, right? One kid, Whitney Merciless, he was drafted first round. Uh, Brian Cushion, he was a pro bowler. Baldwin Scott was a pro bowler. So I'm in here with 16 dudes. And then DJ Bryant, he's from Baltimore, went to James Madison. They signed both of us the same year. And guess what? He my roommate. And we're fighting for the same position. The same position. Like, it's like. From the same city fighting for the same position. You know what I mean? It's like, God, he's not like, like, when I say he's ordered my life, he's literally ordered my life. Like, listen, are you getting too comfortable? Let me make it a little bit harder. Let, let, let me test you a little bit. Let, let me just test you just a little bit and see how strong your faith is. But um, I wound up getting into that room, um, smashing some dudes, and then I wound up making practice squad. So I wound up playing that year. My friend, my excuse me, my rookie year, we had a great year. JJ broke the sack record. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. we were like, it was a celebration. We won the AFC South. It was just a good year for Houston. I come back that next year, I get injured. If you get injured in the NFL, you might as well hang it up, right? Especially if you undrafted. You know what I mean? So I sat out for about four weeks, came back. I played well, well enough to get me signed into the CFL anyway. Mm -hmm. And um, I had like two and a half sacks that preseason, but they still released me. And then I got signed to the Toronto Organized to go up and play in Canada. And it was like, oh, night and day. I went up there and they kind of like laid out the red carpet for me. You know what I mean? It was like now this. you, you just, now you JJ. Yeah, big check. You know what I mean? I walked into a starting position. It was like, all right, I can do this. You know what I yeah, mean? And then yeah. Toronto at the time was on fire. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? This 2012, Drake is like killing it. So, yeah. uh, you know what I'm saying? And um, Drake is doing his thing at the time. I wound up, you know, signing with the Toronto Organauts. I played up in Canada for three years as a starter. And then I played the next year where I was kind of on the bench my fourth year. And then I just kind of retired. So, before before we get out of here, because we can talk crazy about yeah. this. Now you are a father. You're the dean of students. You are, you know, now you retired basically from mm-hmm. football. Um, real quick, give me how did you handle the depression of transitioning into where you are today? Over time, right. It's really no time period or no map on how to handle depression. Uh, you just really have to, you have to go into yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Um, my focus was football and family. And that's what kind of uplifted me from my depression. But it's still because I lost a lot of money, mm. right? And money had a hold on me and who I was and my character and how I moved and who I spoke to. Yeah. So after football, I was used to living a certain way and a certain lifestyle. And then I ran into a tough spell in my life between those two and three years between finding my career and coming out of football, right? Yeah. You're used to bringing in ten, fifteen thousand dollar checks. Now they're yeah. down to four to five thousand. Like you got to move it's a drastic different, difference. right? You got to live a little bit different, yeah. right? And then you got to prepare for your kids for their future. So the transition was heavy for me at the time. I owned a barbershop. Yeah. I wound up losing my barbershop. And I was cut from the NFL and CFL. So I went into a dark place, and then um, I had my lady to back me up, right? Wow. During that time period, she was just uplifting me and encouraging me and like, yo, like you're more than just football, right? Yeah. You motivate people to, you know, maximize themselves. So um, I owe a lot to my lady. Um, I owe a lot to reading. I owe a lot to my friends and my coaches to help pulling me out of that depression stage. You got to come back. Yeah. Because yeah, we got yeah, a lot yeah. that we still yeah, get I'm, into. I'm, you got to come back. You got to come back. Tell everybody how they can follow you on social media. Um, you can follow me at so thankful 10 so S O underscore thankful 10 um, pray for 10 on uh, Twitter yeah. and Delano Johnson on Facebook. All right, man. Listen, another great episode. Do yourself yeah. a favor. Share this like this subscribe. And I promise you we'll keep this energy flowing and going low. Thank you. Yeah. brother. You got to come back. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely coming back. I'm not finished. All right, yet. All right, I got all right, some man. more stories to tell. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah.